I feel like sometimes we have to have those near death experiences to really propel our lives, you know? And like, I'm just grateful that I still had life and I was able to really like, like it switched everything up for me for the better. Like I promise you. So it's one of those things where it happened, but it was like, had it not happened, I would have still been in San Francisco missing out on so many blessings that I got by coming back home. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the More Rounds Podcast. I'm Kim Lewis, CEO and co-founder of Chromix. And today we have Vicki Lamar with us. This young lady has raised so much money for scholarships. And it's a crazy number, but I'm going to let her tell it. So, Vicki, tell me about yourself. What you do? How'd you get started? Let us know. Before we get started, we have to cheers. All right. Okay. So I know we were supposed to get coffee. So this is going to be our coffee date. (laughs) Okay. So tell me about yourself. Yeah, so my name is Vicki Lamar. Um, I'm the youngest of four girls, raised by a single-parent household. I always have to start back there because that really can get you a good understanding on who I am and why I did what I did. And so growing up in a single-parent household, um, low-income area, I'm born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, My grandmother and mother, like, they stressed the importance of higher education, but I knew that I would need to fund it myself, okay? It's no way she was going to allow four people and be able to pay for four people's higher education. But again, I knew that that was the goal. That was um, something that was very, very clear in my household. So growing up, you know, because I haven't seen my father since I was six, I felt like my mom really thought, like, let me put these kids in everything. So we was in everything free. We was in um, Breakthrough Atlanta. You know, I interned for Planned Parenthood. I was doing church volunteer, just everything free we was in. And she didn't make us decide that we needed to do the same activities just because one sister wanted to do that, one sister wanted to do vocals. We could do whatever we wanted to do that was based on our own passions. And so going up to high school, I was such a well-rounded individual. I was a part of everything. Um, I was able to kind of like dip my toe into different organizations, extracurricular activities. And so senior year of high school, that's where it really mattered because now I'm applying to colleges. I want to go to school debt free. And really what they want to see is one, your ability to storytell, but two, your ability to be a holistic student. And so graduating from high school, I had self-accumulated over $3 million in scholarships and offers for my own higher education. Oh my gosh. And so, I know, it was, it's a lot. <laughs> Wait, but did y'all that, like cry when like you were getting the letters and stuff? And no, like, oh my God, I got a million dollars. I didn't dollars. cry. It didn't feel like that because, you know, I started off with rejections. So I was rejected probably like over 40 times before I got my first really? acceptance. Yeah. Wait a minute, you applied for more than 40 scholarships? Oh yeah, I applied to a lot. Girl, yeah. that was a second job. It is a job. it is a job it's literally a job because it's like you have to understand that you're gonna get rejected so I already knew I was gonna get rejected so I just gotta keep going I gotta keep fine-tuning my story and so how did you get this what is this three million right like is it all from one school did you get three million you know was it a Gates Millennium type of thing was it like I got 10k here like what was the breakout this three million that you amassed for your scholarships when you were applying to schools and things like that Yeah, you mentioned Gates. My sister's a Gates scholar. So I have to say that first. Like, her going to school debt-free, she accumulated $1.5 million in scholarships. So in my head, I was like, I need to do what she did times two. 
so I can make sure I go to college debt free. Um, and so what that looks okay, like, baby is, sis. Yes. <laughs> so what that looks like is I received multiple full ride offers and enough scholarships to get my own self full rides from schools like UC Berkeley, Emory, Georgia Tech, um, George Washington, University of San Francisco. A lot of full rides, and then I was able to profit. <laughs> a lot of full rides. <laughs> okay. Yes, and then I was able to profit about around sixty thousand dollars my first year of college. Off of these scholarships. Wait, wait, wait. What, what does a profit on a scholarship mean? Yeah, so a profit on a scholarship is... So, because I already received full rides, like, my first university I went to was the University of San Francisco. They already gave me a full ride just off of who I was once I applied to the, the school. So, that means all these additional scholarships, like Jackie Robinson Foundation, Greenhouse Scholars, Judge Willie Lovett Foundation, I was able to profit because my tuition was already paid for. So that's how we started to profit from scholarships. It's like, okay, now you have that winning story. If you win one scholarship, now you just need to copy and paste because mm. obviously somebody liked it. Mm. And so that's how, you know, students are able to profit from scholarships. That's dope. That's so dope. Yeah. Not that you had a whole salary while yeah. you was in school. <laughs> Talk about I'm profiting 60K on my scholarships. Okay. So you then you basically come up with your brand story. That's how you get a winning scholarship, right? Yeah, you come up with those stories. Like they ask you, like it's like five main essays that they're gonna ask you. Your okay, challenge. wait, let me ask you. So mm -hmm. how does one go and get a scholarship? So you said there's five main essays or five main questions. Mm -hmm. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, so those five main questions, they want a challenge story, a greatest accomplishment story, community service story a leadership story, why do you deserve this scholarship story? Mm. If you can go ahead and knock out 500 word average essays for those five, that's literally the bread and butter entire process. And so scholarships, you know, we can, you can follow Instagram people who are posting scholarships every day, TikTok, go to Google. You want to search very specifically like scholarships for African-American women studying psychology. That's a Google search, mm. right? Scholarships for black men in engineering. That's a Google search. But the part that a lot of people don't do is now that you have that Google search, Google has come up with thousands of pages with links. Now you need to go through each link and decide which scholarships you're eligible for and then save that on a spreadsheet. So what's the total amount that you've accumulated in scholarship money for you and your clients? Because you do this for other people too, right? Yeah. So we've accumulated a bit over $25 million for our, our students and, and clients. free money. Yes, free money. Free money. Look. <laughs> don't got to pay back. That's crazy. Okay. <laughs> okay, I have more questions. Um, <laughs> like, I have to announce that I have questions. My I, my friends nickname me questions because I, I just... Oh, that's good. You're intuitive. And low-key, you say you profited 60K. Why did I use my scholarship money to pay for my wedding? But that's another story. Oh, wow. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't tell them I did that. Um, <laughs> anyway. Okay, so you, you get the three million. You pick one of the four rides. Mm -hmm. Where'd you end up going? So I actually went to three schools in four years, but my first school was the University of San Francisco. Wait, why'd you go to three schools in four years? So University of San Francisco, I was actually robbed at gunpoint in San... I know, craziest thing. I was robbed at gunpoint in San Francisco. If you walk through the Tenderloin, you oh, know. Yeah. <laughs> you know why you got... I mean, no, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, but it yeah. can happen anywhere, you it know? Could, and could. I'm, I, it's weird to say that I'm grateful that happened because I was able to come home and um, be a caretaker for my grandma with her last year of life. Mm. So all of these things really happen for a reason. But yeah, I started off at University of San Francisco for two years. I was that girl out there. Like I had partnered with the school district out there, San Francisco United School District, helping them get scholarships. And then that happened. 
Um, that happened around like February and I then transferred to Atlanta Metro, which is community college. Mm. And I knew like I had to stay in school because my whole business is school in higher education. Oh, wow. So I'm like, I can't take a semester off. I went to Georgia state, asked them if I could come and be a student. They said, no, they're wow. like, no way you can start in the middle of the semester. I'm like, I can catch up y'all. Yeah. They said, no, I went to Georgia tech. They said, no, I went to Emory they said, no. So I went down to the community college and they said, yes, they couldn't help a sister out. They she got run look, at that point. They did that not care. Right. <laughs> they did not say, care. I'm so sorry if I didn't seem, you know, empathetic enough. Oh no, it's fine. I just, <laughs> I have friends who were robbed at gunpoint. So I was like, yeah, girl, I heard that before, you know? Yes, and I'm no, like, that's, yeah. that's actually But it's good. one of those things where like, I feel like sometimes we have to have those near death experiences to really propel our lives, you know? Yeah. And like, I'm just grateful that I still had life and I was able to really like, like it switched everything up for me for the better. Like I promise you. So it's one of those things where it happened, but it was like, had it not happened, I would have still been in San Francisco missing out on so many blessings that I got by coming back home. So you went to San Francisco, came home, went to the community college in Georgia, and then I'm assuming you transferred to another college at some point. Yeah. So I went there um, and that was during COVID. So this whole thing happened during COVID. Um, everybody was wearing masks. Everybody had all black on. I was scared of everybody. <laughs> like, for real, I was scared of everybody during this time. Because oh my I'm like, gosh. dang. So I went to Atlanta Metro um, and that was all virtual. So I didn't really have to go on campus. I was living at my grandma's house. And then maybe like two semesters later... I went to grad. I went to Georgia State and graduated that next year. So you know, you you school is being it's still being paid for you, right? Even mm -hmm. though you you got all these scholarships, when do people start asking you to help them get scholarships for themselves or their kids? Yeah, so I actually started a month after I graduated high school, and so what that looked like was a lot of students they realized I got all these scholarships. Parents realized, um, and so a month after I graduated high school, I set up an Eventbrite for securing degrees, debt-free scholarship seminar, charge $5. I charged $5 at a library. I did not know that you could not charge at a local library. I mean, yeah. <laughs> not to use the government resources. Yeah. <laughs> the librarian quickly told me like, man, like you cannot charge nobody to come to the library. But you know, I had made my $350, you know, from that seminar. It was so down. Wait, wait, how many people showed up? So we had around 40 people. Y'all just dope. How old were you? Like 18? I was 18, yeah. Girl. <laughs> What was I? I was not doing this. I was chasing behind yeah. a boy at 18. I was not, I mean, I was working, but I, I was one of the people who was working the front desk in my college. I was not entrepreneurial enough to figure this out. This is yeah. so impressive. Okay. So you have this library event at the library for 40 people. Yeah. They pay you $5. And then what happens? Did you upsell them when they were there into something? I didn't know about upsell then. So okay. I honestly thought that it was just going to be like, you know, I'm helping people $5 X, Y, and Z. But my sister, Frederica, the one who also won all those scholarships, she was like, okay, how about you go to your high school and see if you can do a seminar there? So after that, you know, I did another, um, library seminar charged seven dollars and then i Ooh, it went, went up. up the price is going up <laughs> i went up and Not then $2. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I was giving it so much value everybody who came they left with a list of 100 scholarships that they could apply for that they're eligible for i gave everybody booklets you were supposed like, to be adding some zeros to this price yes, it should have been at least like 500 dollars. it's cool though i understand you know i understand go ahead yeah so that was that and then um, in August, I partnered with my school, Westlake High School, which is in South Fulton, Georgia. And I had 250 people at that seminar. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I w my cost was $15. Um, the students paid 10 
the school subsidized five. So that's how that happened. Girl, you should have been charging that school multiple zeros after that. But it's cool. It's cool. You know, you live, you learn. I know. And so I had 250 people there. And then, you know, my sister, she really made me think bigger than what I was thinking. And then literally, um, I went to San Francisco um, and I was on like this. Okay, so they have these weird names, but it was like Black Family Day. At, in San Francisco so I went to Black Family Day and I was on the panel and I was talking about scholarships and how I you know amounted three million dollars for myself and in the audience was the superintendent of the San Francisco United School District oh wow and then that's that same week he was like hey I want you to come over here um and see how you can help our students and before that year ended I had my first contract with the school district Wow. How old were you? I was 18. <laughs> you had a contract with the school district. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, so I was contracted to help students specifically with disabilities get scholarships and storytell. Wow. The number one question I get all the time is, Kim, is Chromex available in stores? We have been saying no to every retailer for the last seven years that I've been in business. And we are finally going to be on store shelves, you guys. We are going to be available in Ulta September 17th. And I really need you guys to show up and buy us out so that we can blow up in the store and do well. Thank you so much for watching our podcast. And please make sure you go buy Chromex, now available in Ulta. Okay, what do you say to someone who is like, I didn't have a whole lot of hardship, you know what I mean? I, I didn't grow up in a low-income area. I didn't, you know, my life was pretty smooth. Like, I can't get any scholarships because I'm not a charity case. Yeah, that's a good question. And I, that is not me saying that anyone with disabilities is a charity yeah. case. Or I grew up low-income. I grew up one of five, single mother. Didn't know my dad since I was 13. Like, same. So I had enough things to pull on. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't pay for college all the way. But there are people, I had one of my best friends, you know, she would say, my life was very comfortable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was really hard for me to get scholarships. What do you say to that? Yeah, so there's a lot of students who feel like, you know, they don't have that story. And that's kind of where just like being creative kind of comes in, like using metaphors. So, for example, like there's a student that I worked with who they didn't have that type of story either. And I tell students, like, don't make up no story. y'all. <laughs> we can tell. We can tell <laughs> if it's not authentic. But he wrote his story about his braces. You know, in middle school, he had a gap and he wasn't really that confident Um, He had lower self-esteem. And then he talks about in his story where, you know, he got his braces, his gap started to close. He started to feel better about himself. And then he goes into now his teeth are straight, braces are off, and now he has this new sense of confidence. And so I feel like everybody can, you know, think about a time where they didn't feel the most comfortable with themselves, you know, and they had to go through some type of journey, whether they had to implement something or they had to do something to change something about how they feel, And now, you know, they're at that level where they have that confidence. And so the writing process takes time. Like you really have to reflect this entire scholarship process is like the most reflective place to be in because most of my students, they've never reflected about their challenges. They've Mm. never reflected about their obstacles before they talk to me. They've never thought about like, oh, what is my greatest accomplishment? Or, you know, how did this event impact X, Y, and Z people. So it's really like a reflective space that I have to channel with my students um, for them to understand that you don't have to be low income. You don't have to be in a single parent household to have a story that's worth receiving some money. Mm. Okay. So I also read that you also help businesses get grants and things like that. What's the difference between applying for scholarships and then, you know, my business, my small business wants to apply for a grant. What's the difference? Yeah. So in my opinion, it's the same thing. 
which mm. is why I even became a grant writer because the skills are just so transferable. It's really all about storytelling. So a scholarship, they might say, tell me about yourself. What's the challenge? You know, um, where do you see yourself in five years? A business grant, they're going to say, um, tell me about your story of becoming a small business owner. You know, mm. what are your challenges in your business? Where do you see your business going in five years? The questions are literally the same. And that's why, like, the biggest thing that I can tell somebody is you first have to know your story. You first have to know your why. Because if you're applying to a grant, it's going to, again, be a very reflective space where a lot of, you know, clients that I work with, yeah. I'm helping them discover their story so they can be able to narrate it. If you don't know your story, you can't narrate it. What What's a resource for me? I'm a small business owner. I want to go and find a grant. Where do I go to look for that grant? And then also, how long does it typically take from start to finish of when you see the money? And then also, how much money have you helped clients find getting grants? Okay. Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> I got lots of questions. So some small business resources, definitely Hello Alice. Like, that's a really, really big one. So if you're a small business owner, definitely you want to look at HelloAlice.com. Um, also another great small business resource is mogul millennial. Like that's amazing. You can go to that website right now mm -hmm. and you'll probably see like 10 to 20 grants that are due on the 31st. Really? Like it's a lot of opportunities and they have a free version and then they have a paid version that's still not too expensive. Um, where they'll even like make sure that those grants are really, really in alignment for who you are. Um, so that's the first question. The second question is how long does it take? So I tell everybody, if you're going to enter this grant space, it shouldn't be like your, you know, your only source of, of revenue. You know, you should definitely start investing in a grant writer when that's like, OK, you know, I've already had these things working out. Now I want to see if this is a source of revenue that that I can that can help me. Um, but if you're going to do it on your own, you have to understand that this is also delayed gratification process. <laughs> Okay. You ain't getting the money today. You're not okay. getting the money today. Delayed gratification is going to be really, really, really important. And that's why you have to ongoingly submit these grants. So it's not like you submit one grant today and then next month you're debt free. Mm. No, you need to at least be submitting three to four grants a month ongoingly, whether you get rejected, whether you get accepted, you have to keep up that momentum so you can be successful in this process. Ooh, this is good. Okay. How many, how much money have you seen a business that you've worked with who, who's done this? Like how much money are they getting in grants? Yeah. So, um, I actually just started the grant side of it last August, um, with one of my charter schools. And so far they've, you know, accumulated six figures in, in grant opportunities from oh us my working God. with it. And what is it just reporting that they have to do after they get the money? Like that's pretty much it to so say that they sit on the grants do, some grants don't. So there's some like for example, I was working with a lawyer and she got a Hello Alice grant. Um I wrote her up a grant for fifteen thousand dollars for her to hire a marketing assistant. Wow. And and in the grant we wrote up, you know, this marketing assistant, we're gonna pay them fifteen an hour for six you have to be very specific. that's another thing. You have to be very specific in what you're asking for. Because, mm. you know, if you're writing this grant and you're just saying, Oh yeah, I need fifteen thousand dollars to help me grow my business, but then I'm a grant writer, I'm writing, we need fifteen thousand dollars and five thousand dollars is gonna go towards this marketing assistant, we're gonna pay them this amount, you know, with this rate, you know, I'm being very, very specific. So Can I hire that's you? How that works. Of course. Ah. Of course. <laughs> Uh, I need some grant money. I need yeah. some government funding. Have you started you know? that stream of income? No, a stream of income. What? 
no, so, no. I did secure like three million in foundation money though. Okay, yeah, that's um, cool. which is kind of similar, but I got to pay it back unless I add jobs to the west side. And if I add those jobs, half of it will be a grant. Okay. So something similar, but like not as strategic. Like this is brilliant. Like you, yeah. you hire somebody to be writing these grants. You tell them where to go. This where they're filling this out, and then they'll probably get commission or whatever they get. Right? Can you do that? No. So um, some people do. It really depends on the type of grant. Like there's some grants where you can write yourself in the grant and, you know, that's how it's supposed to be. Um, but like according to the American Grant Association, you're not supposed to take a commission. Hit us with um, the legalities. Uh, hit us with the legalities. <laughs> okay. So then that means I just got to pay. I got to compensate them. Well. Yeah. So you'll pay your grant writer based on their fee for doing the work. What's the range of cost for a grant writer? Yeah. So it can range from like $50 to $150 an hour. Mm, mm, okay. See, now I'm distracted. I'm like, I'm supposed to be asking you questions, and I'm like, okay, what I gotta do to. Uh, is there like a profile of someone who is like best to get grants? Like, this person, if she does this or they do this, like, da 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 da, as a business owner, what does that, that person look like? You know what I mean? I think like someone like yourself, like someone who started an organization, they're, they're big in the community, um, they're big on impact, they have a story. They like to storytell like that is really what makes a good grant application, because, yes, I'm asking for thousands of dollars. But at the end of the day, the grant wants to know that you're worth the investment and they can decide whether you're worth the investment based on how you're pouring back into your community. So that's like the biggest thing when it comes to grant money. Also, just being very strategic and knowing what you need the money for. A lot of times, like, I'm having to help my clients figure out what they need the money for. I can't you know? say, like, I, I'm, this is for my debt. No, <laughs> like girl, stop. But there are some grants. There are some grants that will help you, you know, cover your debt. So there's grants for everything. You know, there's grants to help you um, get certified to become a minority business owner. Like there's grants for everything. Yeah. Okay. So tell me a myth about either applying for scholarships or grant writing that people really be hardcore believe this, but it's just not true. Yeah, I think when it comes to scholarships. Yeah, definitely scholarships. I think a lot of people think that like if you're making a lot of money that you can't get a scholarship. And that's mm. not true. <laughs> you know, I can work with low income students, middle income students and wealthy students, you know, and help them get scholarships. Um, also, a big myth is if I have a low test score, if I have a low GPA, I can't get a scholarship. And I tell my students all the time, like with securing degrees, we don't care about GPA. We don't care about test score. The reason is because my test scores compared to the schools I applied for, they don't even make sense. And not only did I get into these schools, but wait, I got wait, four what, what was your test score? So my highest ACT was a 24. Girl, mine was a 23. Which isn't bad, but again, compared to like the schools I was applying for, their averages are like 33s, 34s, 35s, you know? And so that's why I tell people, it's all about the story. If you know how to write, you can yeah. get whatever you want. You know, all my friends, they were like buku smart. So they had like, 28s, 30s, 36, yeah, okay. like perfect scores. I was mm -hmm. like, how do how do you do it? I don't know. I don't know, girl. But you was, but this is great. Like, that's really good. You were getting 20 million. You were getting, you got over $3 million in scholarship funding with an ACT score that's 24. Yeah. That's dope. And a lot of my students, like they don't have the highest test scores, the GPAs. And then that's why they come work with me because it's like one step one is it's all mental. This process is all mental. If you know you're going to get rejected. Okay. We're going to get awesome. rejected. <laughs> you got to keep going. This is dope. Okay. So how can, if people want to work with you, where do they go? How do they find you? Yeah. So they can go to my website, um, www.securingdegrees.org, 
Or they can go to our grants website, www.securinggrants.org. All secured. <laughs> Is there something else that we should know that I didn't ask? Something that you want to tell the people about scholarship funding, grant writing? You know, because I asked, I was asking questions for me. Okay? I'm <laughs> self-interested, obviously. But, you know, maybe there's more that, you know, you want to share or that you want people to know. Yeah, I think I really just want people to know that, like, it's never too late to get started. So I work with a lot of college students. I work with uh, high school juniors. I work with businesses who, you know, are 10 years in business and plus. So once you get that inkling to start getting free money, that's what you need to start. Don't be waiting. Don't think that, oh, I already graduated high school. You know, it's too late. Now I just got to take up all these loans. No, you can get started. Um, in addition to that, if you want to go to school debt free, you need to erase the word loans out of your vocabulary. You shouldn't, parents, y'all should not be telling your students that, oh, um, yeah, I've saved $50,000 for their college expenses. So, you know, because that gives students an exit plan and they don't mm. take this process seriously. So students have to be very, very, very motivated if you're going to be successful with the scholarship process. That's how it works. Okay, I have one more question. I would think that my business is too big to get grant funding. Is that true? That is not true. <laughs> I feel like, are you making that much money? Okay. No, not even that. No, like you can still get grant funding. Now it's just, okay, what organizations will fund you? And that comes with the grant research. So grant writing and grant research are two different skills. Grant research is now my job to find those opportunities that do align with your business, how much you're making, what you're trying to do. So yeah, in addition to that, you know, there's opportunities at every level um, it's, it's there. They want to give you money because it helps them. Like at the end of the day, all of this is business, you know, no organization is giving me money just because they want to. Yeah. Now that I'm an alumni, all the organizations are knocking at my door. Hey, do you want to donate? <laughs> of course. You know, so they're only going to invest in people that they know are, who are going to invest back into them. No, I've never put that together. They're only accepting students. They think they're going to make money in the future <laughs> that can then fund the school. That makes so much sense. Yes. that Because it's business. That's what they got to cap on low income, folks. They be like, look, you're not going to finish. and You're not going to be able to um, put money back to the school as an alumni. Yeah. Ooh. It's, it gets deep. That's but it's business. Yeah, it's business. <laughs> school is a business. Awesome. Well, Vicky, thank you so much for coming okay. on the podcast. This has been a phenomenal experience. And I think I might hire you from some grant writing, girl. Look, <laughs> um, if you'll have me. Uh, wow, that was really, really, really impactful. All right, you guys. So I hope you enjoyed Vicky giving us all that knowledge about getting free money. And I learned some stuff, so I know y'all had to learn some stuff. Thank you so much for watching, and I'll catch you on the next episode of More Rounds.